Greetings and welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're listening. And if you like this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us go up in the rankings. And the more of you all that do it, um, the better this podcast is going to get out there and the importance of these teachings is going to get out there. And today I would like to talk about something very, very interesting, both drawing from what Barden says in Initiation into Hermetics and from my own experience with phantoms and ghosts. And to start out, I will say that I agree with what Barden says in Initiation into Hermetics, which is these ghosts or apparent ghosts are not really the actual person, him or herself, that are attached to these places. They're more of kind of an after image. The actual person has moved into the astral plane and is in the astral plane, not actually in the place that is haunted. And that matches up well with my experience. And to illustrate that, I'll basically just kind of get right into my one experience with ghosts. And it was about three years ago from now when I was living in downtown San Antonio, Texas. And I'm not going to reveal the the place exactly, but it was downtown and it was... um, you know, a kind of high-rise building, and I I started experiencing these strange things and these seeing these kinds of black images, you know, or phantom images coming through in my apartment, and then I would end up being going to sleep and feeling taps on the shoulder, sometimes things sprinkled on me, and, um, you know, my immediate instinct, which proved to be right, um, was to banish, banish them, you know, because I just didn't really want ghosts in my um, studio on the sixth floor, and so I basically just banished them, you know, in the beginning, And I, you know, and I did it in a very simple way, um, just strong force, strong willpower. I said, I command you to believe in the name of God Almighty, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I held a cross when I did it. And I said, I command you to leave and leave my apartment alone. This is my space. And it worked instantly and they cleared out. The problem is I would get lazy about doing that. And then basically in a month, they would kind of return. And then I would do the, you know, uh, kind of banishing ritual all over again. It would clear my apartment out. And so I just kind of got lazy and and I didn't really sense they were dangerous ghosts. They were just kind of hanging around as if they were lost. 
probably just an after image wandering and attached to the place because people fed them. And I didn't say anything to anyone about any of this. I just waited to see if some of the neighbors I talked to would speak up. And pretty soon I had some neighbors speak up. I had one that, you know, knew I had moved in fairly recently. And he said, so have you encountered the ghost yet? And, uh, I was like, okay, that's good to hear. Yes, I have. What's your experience? And his experience was very similar, that they were friendly and, you know, just kind of wandering around lost and nothing big to fear. And, you know, he didn't actually do anything to banish them. He just kind of accepted them as kind of part of the deal And But he wasn't worried about it. He wasn't worried about it, which is a good thing, because worrying about it can feed feed the phantoms and get them hanging around. That's That's what keeps all these ghosts and things you see on Netflix and stories you see about haunted houses is the ghost, you know, basically just kind of takes over the will of the human being and attaches itself to a place. And the human gets so scared that they just end up feeding the ghost more and more. And the ghost just kind of dominates the space. And pretty soon it gets out of control with these poltergeist phenomenons and these just crazy things happening because it's been fed by human power that got freaked out and just taken over. And then they need an exorcist, a ghost exorcist to come in and it uses all the ghost exorcist resources to banish them because that's been fed for so long to stay around. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm certainly not signing up for that job, so don't be contacting me to come banish ghost places, you know, but, um, I do take care of myself and, um, I really only had this one experience. So we're, we're back in, we're back in San Antonio about three years ago. And uh, this one neighbor comes to me and and tells the story that he's not really worried about them and just accepts them. And so I kind of admit to him, like, yeah, you know, I, I have noticed the kind of similar phenomenon myself. And then there was this one very problematic case. And it was a guy that lived across the hall from me. And he was kind of, I almost feel like I'm disclosing too much, but I'm not disclosing anybody's names, so I'm probably okay. Um, But um, he was basically a maintenance heroin user. You know, he used enough heroin to kind of keep him going and keep him working. But that heroin addiction, even if it was a maintenance kind of thing, you know, to just keep him at the right level so he didn't go through withdrawals. And even if that was the case, um, that would make his will very weak, succumb to an addiction, and the ghosts were just absolutely dominating him. And I finally had him over to my place, and he got in there, 
And um, we hung out a bit and started hanging out more. And he said, yeah, your place is clear. Your place is completely clear and translucent. You know, there's no hauntings here. And he was just really impressed and struck by the energy of my apartment. Like it was just a huge change from getting out of his And so he was having a real rough time with the ghost. And I think it was basically because of his addiction that was opening him up and feeding this phantom image to hang out in his place more and more. And he was having furniture moved and all sorts of stuff relocated and just, you know, getting completely dominated and um you know i told him what i did and i told him how i cleared it and i just ended up keeping it clear and he was really impressed with that and loved coming over ever since that you know he was like kind of insecure so he didn't really want to bother me but I enjoyed spending time with him because he was very much in this kind of spiritual frightened state where everything was like energy and everything was like possession. And he actually felt possessed. And, um, you know, I didn't feel the need to, to cleanse the apartment after he left. It was still fine. Um, I mean, my apartment. But um, he was really going down a a bad track and having flashbacks of trauma in the past. And it was all weakening him and making him pray to the ghost and phantoms as well as a lot of psychological trauma that he wasn't really addressing in therapy or any practices. And so, um, so yeah, I just think he got dominated by them and that's basically what happened. And I kept the energy clear and, um, and then, and then, then there was, you know, it's just kind of this thing that most people don't want to talk about. And, um, then when I finally ended up leaving that apartment, because there were other issues, I didn't like being downtown. It was too noisy. And, um, you know, there were some other issues. So I decided to move to the nice part of town where it was quieter and calmer and, you know, more away from the hubbub of downtown. And um, on the, you know, at the very end when I was, kind of moving my stuff out, um, the next door neighbor talked to me and we had never really talked the whole time I'd been there. And then we started talking more and more when I was moving out and she told me about her experiences with the ghost. And she was actually a tarot reader and felt that that helped her, but she was having an action. She was actually you know, you know, I got the sense she had a lot of stress in her life. She had a kid and, and I think an ex, uh, the baby's daddy, I guess you'd call it. That was, you know, very, very difficult to deal with and working a lot and trying to take care of her baby at the same time in a place that 
probably wasn't really conducive to having a child. And so um, she was basically saying the, you know, the ghosts were basically um, the baby or the young kid. I can't really remember how old this this kid was, but old enough to speak. So maybe we're talking like four or something. Um, I'm calling him a baby. He might have been more like four. But, but she would basically say he sees stuff and he tells me when he sees stuff, you know. And she tried to do banishing things, but it didn't really seem to be working for her. I mean, you know, the ghost kind of kept coming back and terrorizing her. And, you know, I told her I shared with her, you know, what I did with it and how I kept my room clear, you know, and empathized with her and her situation. And then you have, you know, a toddler who is actually, you know, in a sense, as a young child and in that still kind of feeling everything fully stage, probably probably the best thing you've got going as a guardian um and but he was noticing and saying mom do you see this do you see that do you see that and it was making her real worried but she did she did her own practices with it but still didn't seem to completely go away I mean I think that I think that the confusion about about what the phantom is really gets people and they think it's the actual person hanging around when really it's just a phantom astral image or phantom after image rather and um, the actual person has moved into the astral plane into the other dimension which can be located in the akasha and that's where you would find the actual person so this apparent ghost is really just a phantom that you know is an after image but it it can be fed by humans giving it too much power and being vulnerable and basically um you know getting it attached to one place and i feel like that had happened enough in that building because this building had a lot of people that were real stressed out, you know, I mean, for a high rise downtown, it was pretty cheap rent. And so it had a lot of people that were real stressed out. And I think they ended up, you know, these phantom images just ended up praying and getting fed by humans. So they attached themselves more and more and more to that building and it used to be a hotel, which could startle people. So, you know, it would end up just being attached more and more and more. And, you know, my my across the, the hall neighbor, the, the heroin maintenance user, um, you know, even looked up on the Internet the history and what grounds this was built on. And he found, like a house that looked scary that it was a house before it was a hotel and you know going through the history because he loved local history but you know at the same time going through that scared him more and more as if he needed supportive evidence and i think it did nothing really but frighten him more 
of, of these phantoms and feed the phantoms more. And he was in a very disoriented space, but he was a sensitive soul enough that he was feeling vibrations all the time and could feel the clear vibrations in my apartment and loved to go there to hang out because it was good energy and um, was really almost kind of impressed by me and taken me as kind of a, you know, putting me on a little bit of a pedestal where I probably didn't really deserve to be, you know, but, um, you know, anyways, that was the deal with that. So, um, I, you know, I guess the lesson is in Barden, and I think it's kind of halfway through the steps and initiation into hermetics, you know, just talks about these phantoms and these ghosts that get fed by humans and vulnerable humans and frightened humans and attach themselves to one place. But, you know, I, you know, and it's like my command of them leaving in the name of God and Jesus Christ. And, you know, I mean, that, that works fine. It, it also, like, what it calls to mind is um, a Tony Robbins talk I, I listened to one time where he was talking about his early days doing sales for another coach and basically, um, you know, do, doing affirmations that were pretty much in line with Barden's auto-suggestion of saying them in the present tense as if you are already there. And Tony Robbins would say, I am unstoppable, I am unstoppable, I am unstoppable. And, you know, he would say that repeatedly, like 300 times in the car ride driving to work. And he would say, I command infinity to give me sales today. I command all of infinity to give me sales. And some people would look at that like you can't command infinity, but but it worked for him, you know, and he was after making money, which is, you know, his his right for sure. And, um, you know, it worked. He, he was unstoppable and commanded infinity in the present tense. And um, pretty much, you know, right out of the textbook of Barden, it almost what makes me wonder, you know, sometimes like that kind of movement that Tony Robbins comes out of and some of the NLP stuff that came out. You know, it, it kind of almost makes me wonder if they borrowed it some way from Barden. You know, I almost think like Barden stuff gets to the core issues so much that it's almost like I see sometimes I begin to see the more I work with Barden stuff. Um, I begin to see like a lot of psychology and a lot of these self-help methods as um, originating from Barden himself. I, you know, I don't know if they actually read Barden, but, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Barden's, Barden's book hadn't really taken off in popularity uh, in the U.S. at that time, I don't believe, you know. Um, luckily, it has now, and we have it at our disposal. And I'm so glad we do, and it's easy to order from Amazon, 
and if I ever remember, I'll put a link below to buy it on Amazon. But um, yeah, yeah, this is this is good stuff. And for me, it was very comforting that my experience matched up with Barden's and the ghosts were easy to dispel from my place. Um, you know, that said, I don't want to have to do it again. I don't want to live in any other haunted places. Right now I live, um, you know, in areas with good energy. So, you know, and I have a support system of good energy and strong people. And so, um, you know, that kind of, that kind of rubs off on me because I am impressionable like everyone, you know, like, um, <laughs> to get into Tony Robbins again. And I, by the way, I certainly understand if some people don't like Tony Robbins, he's not for everyone, but you know, I have heard him say you are the five people that you hang around the most, you know? So if you're hanging around a bunch of you know, really sick people, then it's going to rub off on you and you're going to be sick. But if you hang around a lot of really strong people, then that's going to rub off on you and you're going to become that too. So, um, I think that's good advice to keep in mind all the time because these are uncertain times we're living in and there's a lot of people that are very weak. And so, yeah, and um, other than that, I am available as uh, executive spiritual coach to offer coaching for anyone uh, working through Barden, any students of Barden or practitioners of Barden that need help with the exercise and other recommendations. I certainly believe in the subjective factor of what Barden suggests, each individual is different and is going to find different ways to go about this. And it depends on their particular temperament. He stresses that a lot in initiation into hermetics. I think that's important because Barden does not like dogma. And likewise, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to turn Barden into dogma, you know, become a Barden fundamentalist, you know, he, he, he himself wouldn't want that, you know, you, you need to honor your own unique self in your own unique way of going about the Barden exercises, you know, rather than becoming a Barden dogmatist where it's like, okay, he doesn't like religious dogma. That's great. But I'll turn Barden himself into just dogma that I have to follow play by play, you know, like, you know, I think that's just recreating the same kind of thing, you know, really. I mean, so, so that's not a good idea. So I can offer a lot of, a lot of things I've learned about going through Barden that may may not be a Barden fundamentalist, you know. So that's 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 another thing to watch out for with the Barden videos. And um, I do think the top practitioners and teachers of Barden uh, in the field are very good. Uh, I I I feel real good about Martin Fox. I feel good about uh, Sifu Mark Rasmus. Those are the main two I see coming up. I know others have done particular podcasts and their videos have gotten viral, but 
you know, those two I feel pretty, pretty solid about, you know, my love and support goes out to them. And, um, yeah, so that's this episode, not very long, but hopefully it's helpful and, um, definitely contact me if you want, um, some regular coaching of some kind and I, I am available and I'm available to talk to you freely on a free exploratory call. Um, you know, uh, if possible, it's not a hard sales pitch, you know, I want it to be a good fit for, for all parties involved. So peace and many blessings to all as we go through some uncertain times in our world and our economics and just blessings to each and every one of you. And thanks for listening.